2: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome, everybody, to this Monday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel L. Conan, and Dennis think it's good to be back. I missed you guys. You take one day off, and it messes with your flow. It messes with everything. It messes with everything. But good to be back. I'll bring Joel and Dennis on. I'll just bring them on now. We'll screw Here's Joel. There's Dennis. Good morning, good morning, It messes
4: guys. with your mic, too, Spencer, when you take one day
2: off. Ah, my mic. Again, that mic. Up. with my microphone. You're right. Yeah, it, messes it, does. Like. it messes with everything. Your morning routine, it gets all disrupted. It's like a whole thing. Um, back in the saddle, figuring things out as I go. This it morning.
5: happens when you get old.
2: Yeah, I, no, <laughs> Joel. The segue, uh, <laughs> the quick segue. I, I had, I had the, the old weekend birthday trick. I think so. Uh,
4: Thirty years old. We better sing happy birthday to him. We Although I'm a terrible it. singer, so I'll let Joel eat the way. You
2: better not do that.
5: Actually. <laughs> How about your kids? Where are your kids?
2: Oh, his kids. You mean?
5: Yeah, to say happy birthday. Right, we I'd could say. bring
4: them man; They'd be pretty good. I thought you meant Spencer was having kids. I was no, like, whoa, no. oh, something was, new just happened. Better week. get
5: there. Yeah, I had a kid. I, I had a kid when I was 29, Spencer. I don't want to put any pressure on you or anything. But uh, got anyways.
2: A of, got a lot of that this weekend, I'll tell you. All right. Uh, we got a big media merger. We got to talk Bitcoin. We got a lot to get to. We got two guests today. Tim Quas and 835 and Matt Hammond to talk IPOs at 9. Do us a favor. Get the week off on the right foot. Hit that like button. Thank you very much, Joel. Bring up those charts. And uh, how are we doing this morning? How would how how would you? We can oh, weekend do.
5: We're in the red, Fred. Uh, by uh, nineteen, let's call it nineteen Please, handles. Don't call Just, me Fred. <laughs> 40. 40. That's I always used to say that to my kids. It's time to go <laughs> to bed, Fred. They still, uh, they still talk. They still remember that. Uh, let's go. Where's my charge? boy? I'm kind of. I got some Spencer itis here. Hold on, one second. I don't know. Wow, we're falling apart
4: here, man. Yeah, wrong what's Mike's wrong charts? We're down nineteen forty-one
5: fifty. We, we ticked Friday's high seventy-eight and a quarter. We went two ticks lower. And then we turned. we would just been drifting lower all night. We got some support, but I'm going to keep it a secret. We have uh, crude. That's down 25 cents at 65.12. Colonial pipeline back online. And now gold battling 1850, up 980 at 1847.90. Silver working its way towards $28. That's up 33.5 cents at 27.70. And Bitcoin, that will be what we'll talk about at the beginning. Down four thousand five hundred seventy dollars, forty five thousand six hundred twenty. Triple D and I came to conclusion last night. It's going to thirty five thousand. It's just so. a bar. yeah. I Where mean, is it? Show me the
4: Bitcoin. So it's right 40. here, bring it back up. I know you just took it away. Then. All right, all right. Okay, right, here it comes back. Here it comes back. Forty five. Here's the That's trouble. A Here's the trouble, is that basically social media is impactful on everything. But when you don't have really any fundamentals like Bitcoin trades off technicals, you have commentary from social media that really pushes price. It cannot be denied that Elon Musk is very influential in the crypto world. We saw what he's done to DoggyCoin. He has apparently fully turned on Bitcoin here. He hasn't sold it all yet, he confirmed this morning, but he is talking pretty tough love for bitcoin here it could be a sale imminent on on and obviously you know he's now moved to this doggy coin thing and i honestly just thinks he thinks it'd be funny if we'd all transact in doggy coin which is why he's starting to push towards it but um if musk is going to continue to be against bitcoin and continue to talk it down there's going to be an impact here on the price so and then you look at it technically and you're like well one the technicals are broken two you got Musk talking it down, and literally, he's knocked probably six or seven thousand dollars off of the price now, all thanks to Musk. It's hard to be bullish unless Musk is going to turn around and you know say, Okay, yeah, no, I'm, I've got it wrong, and I'm, I'm with Bitcoin. If he's going to continue to talk it down, it's going to continue to spook a lot of people and a lot of investors. So, it's tough, it's tough to be long Bitcoin in here. I do agree with you, Joel. You said on the technicals, there's not much in there till 35,000. I'm kind of seeing the same thing we had the ridiculous run up from 30 to 60. It felt like overnight. We know what goes up quickly can come down quickly and when you come through the same area here, I've sold half of my bitcoin. I sold it we know about 7 or 8 days ago. I kind of wish I would have sold it all.
5: Why 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 is this I mean, I know he doesn't run the company anymore, but you have a stock that's, you know, 300 bucks off its all-time high. You had a good earnings report. I mean, uh, I don't know when, it, when he's so far, he's getting so far out of his, uh his wheelhouse. I don't, I mean, the small amount of shares that I, I hold, I, I don't want to hold. And it's just. Of Tesla, story, you're gonna
4: take, you're, you're, you're losing me here. So we're going back to Tesla now.
5: Well, yeah. Well, okay. t- I just, it, it makes me worried about the stock and the company Tesla. And just like, why is he doing this? Like, you know, doggy coin, Bitcoin. I mean, why don't he, he should just. Shut down his Twitter account and just focus on fun, making Joel. a few more cars. You know, Joel, what, he's having
2: fun. This is his... he kind of reminds me of. He kind of reminds me of. Um, so Magic Johnson was was an executive for the Lakers, right? And he willing he stepped down, he resigned, and one of the reasons he gave for wanting to resign was he basically wanted to be able to tweet his opinions, and he couldn't do that when he was in cuz he would get fined for tampering and stuff and he wanted to tweet about other players and and everyone like made fun of him he was like dude magic johnson just quit his job cuz he wanted to tweet about basketball and like it's kind of the same thing here right where like elon musk i think just like late at night just wants to like you know troll on the internet and he can do that but it's also weird cuz he's the ceo of a public company and it, 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 it's hard to be it's hard to be both a troll and a ceo of a public company at the same time you you really got to pick one and 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 he's being both and it's very confusing i think um i I think you have a legitimate
4: concern joel that he obviously it's not only that it's that if he keeps pushing price around you know at what point in time do regulators say okay enough is enough you know you're pushing the price completely with your opinions here i mean it's free speech we get it you know everybody seems to talk their book on the street anymore and social media has really allowed everyone to talk their book but There's nobody more influential than Musk. I mean, he has literally, and there's people arguing with me. I mean, this is a crypto, you can say it's a technical sell-off for Bitcoin. There's absolutely no doubt that this was kicked off by Musk. I mean, if if you're trying to say, oh, it's just a technical sell-off, and it's just coincidental that Musk was tweeting about it, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, literally, he did that tweet, and Bitcoin dropped $6,000 in the next 20 minutes. So Mm. Musk knocked it down. There's no doubt who knocked it down. That's not even debatable. The question is, does he keep talking it down? Um, obviously, as he continues to talk, it's not going to be as influential as it was the first time, we know. But there is a concern here if you're long crypto that you've got one of the main supporters who was actually driving the bus higher at one point in time, now seeming to want to take the bus off the cliff. If, I, that's concerning to me if I'm a Bitcoin holder. Well,
2: it's just like it just goes to you, are really you really shouldn't follow anybody like but any- they do though spencer that's I what know. the market does you have to follow people
4: because if you don't follow what they say you get left behind <laughs> i mean if you're sitting here and just going to ignore everybody's commentary that's what's moving the markets it's i totally. mean, i don't like it i wish we could go back to having no social media influence and trading off of fundamentals and technicals but this market not just crypto stocks are completely influenced by social media commentary analysts opinion Normal people's opinions, people on CNBC, you know, random people that come on CNBC's opinions. It's an opinionated market, and the opinions are moving price. It's it sucks. It's I, think they, I a mean, trader, it's fake but...
5: opinions too. It's yeah. it's, it's a fake opinions. Wow. Heard of fake opinions? And you know what's going to happen? And I, I saw this. I didn't read the article, but uh, you know, he keeps this up. If he, if the Reddit crowd, uh, you know, turns on him, and uh, you think they
4: start hitting Tesla stock because, yeah, of this? yeah, there's an argument there. There yeah. is an argument there. I, I won't would not. say that's an absurd argument that, you know, some people could be taken out and saying, yeah. let's get Tesla. If he's going to start taking our crypto down, let's go get Tesla. I mean, that's already being said in social media. I'm seeing it in my Twitter pages. So does it get the Reddit crowd enough ticked off that they start hammering? I don't think a lot of the, the one thing in Reddit, I don't think there's a lot of people shorting stocks in Reddit. Exactly. So it's not as easy to just knock something down when you're unwilling to put on a short. So that's why, you know, even when you see analyst opinion, you notice this on CNBC. Somebody will talk bullish on a stock, the stock will blast off. Somebody talk bearish on a stock, (laughs) it doesn't go down as much because you know what? 95% of retail is in shorting stocks. That's true. So, so they're not going to, it's not going to knock down as quickly as it's going to go up where they can easily hit the buy button. They can sell their open positions, but once their position's gone, that's it. So, I mean, it's not as easy, obviously, from a retail perspective. I don't think Reddit, I think there's some traders shorting stocks on Reddit, but I would imagine the majority are not. So I don't know. But technically speaking, Tesla doesn't look great either. It didn't oh, have a great a day on Friday. I mean, think about everything ripping up on Friday. SPY, you know, getting most of its losses back for the week in one day, which is unbelievable. But Tesla up a little bit, but not above 600. It's obviously in a clear downtrend now. We know we went to a value-oriented market. There's so many arguments against Tesla here. I absolutely would. This is the one stock, if I was looking, I would absolutely not want to own. If you, if you put a list, like everybody says, what's your 10 favorite stocks? This would be one of my 10 worst to own right now, because I think there's a lot of stuff working against it. It's a new market where value is winning, and Tesla is the opposite of a value stock.
5: I mean, what happens when you make a major low, you have a major bounce, and then you come down and you sit in this area too long? I mean, is I mean, can we draw the conclusion that that 5, 4, 49 low, that's it? That's the lowest Tesla's ever going. It's turning back. It's going to go back up to 7, 800, 900, uh, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000. The longer it hangs out down here. The worse it is. I mean, it always seems like have these rallies, but here's a point. I don't know when Tesla's done this before. Actually, it did it here, so I better watch what I say. But one, two, three, four, five lower, lower highs. Boom. Here, one, two, three, four, five lower. I mean, it's not a good looking chart. And it your last three months. I mean, you need a before you get excited about this stock. Let's see a green candle on a monthly chart. And I, I don't think that's going to happen this May.
4: So, you've talked to the investment committee though, and they're unwilling to sell.
5: No, no, it's like no, no, no
4: we're not selling Tesla. No. So Joel, Joel's been talking against his book in this one for <laughs> about a year now. I would say <laughs> maybe longer. She's actually been right though, your wife, because you, me, and you want to sell this, and uh, you know, let's call it. You know, we we've been bearish the stock for a long time. So yeah, I've been
5: wrong, probably more wrong than right. Oh,
4: I have too, probably on Tesla. So obviously, maybe we're wrong here again. We're just giving our opinions. We're giving our opinions on a widely traded stock. It looks broken to me. The technicals look broken here now, and we're in a market that is value oriented. I feel like now is the time rallies to be sold and sold short. In my opinion, on Tesla, I still think it's going under 400 eventually.
2: I, I feel like Joel's. Do you remember that? Remember that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where he, where Leo, where they were like he was like gonna gonna get out gonna sell and then he's like oh, i'm not selling remember that I feel, I feel like the joel's life is an endless series of that scene just playing out where he goes to like lisa like lisa we're, we're gonna sell we're gonna sell right and she's like yeah yeah yeah, sure 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 and then again it gets the moment she's like, she's like i'm not selling
4: <laughs> stop.
5: i mean that that was like the biggest argument that we've had and coming up on our you you, you one
4: on that you sold the top the to joel I, alcon and top is the 350 joel's close top
5: at, I on had, the closing uh, basis, you basically got the high right near it. Actually, I think Luke. I think Luke did uh, might have sold some at four twenty. Hot stocks, Luke. Yeah, hot stocks. Luke did, but wow, uh, four yeah, twenty. Yeah, just did it because it was a fun number. Yeah, exactly. But okay, <laughs> this is not the Tesla. This is not the Bitcoin show. Let's go. We, we had big, to talk
2: Musk. We had to do it. Let's go. We got a big merger this morning. Big, big yes, merger. yeah, yes. Joel likes mer- mer- complicated mergers, I guess. All
4: right. From-
5: no, I like stocks well, I that I own you know doing me, something but- that I that I like. One of the uh, few additions okay. to my portfolio. And what would you guys say? A super extra large than usual position? Is that how you guys say it? Like a double.
4: Yeah. yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I had to. I've been I mean, it sit there. I wanted to do it before earnings and I did it and I regret it. And I'm just like Six percent. I just can't get six percent of my it too, head. But. I can't get six percent out of my head. Now, if inflation goes to ten percent, it doesn't mean anything. But it was just like it hasn't appreciated. It did do a Viacom thing. Uh, One of Emily's friends is in their commercials. I mean, all the all the ducks were in a row. And... <laughs> the
4: only friend in the commercial. That was it. Right. I gotta buy it.
5: now.
4: <laughs> I gotta Actually, help my help my kids' friends out.
5: You <laughs> know the uh the commercial during the Super Bowl where they're like. Who's that crazy-looking guy they had on there about block about spam calls and everything? Nah. You know what I'm talking about. He had the long black hair. No, don't, And she no. was like the person. No, no okay, I should it, have no. my information. Back. <laughs> in,
2: in, in any case, in any case, uh, AT&T is spinning off uh, a Warner Media unit, which it, if you remember it, um, it only acquired in uh, 2018. And at the time, they paid eighty-five billion dollars for Time Warner, which they promptly renamed to Warner Media. Uh, they are now, and they fought the DOJ while they were at it, and they won. And now here they are, three years later, they are spinning that off into combination with Discovery. It's going to oh. be or with Discovery's media assets. They're going to combine that into a separate publicly traded company. Discovery shareholders will own the majority. Of the company, I'm sorry, no. AT&T Discovery shareholders are going to own 29 percent of the new company. AT&T shareholders will own the rest. It's basically going to combine, uh, you, you know, Time Warner, Warner Media with Discovery. So it's like it's HBO, it's uh, Food Network, it's Discovery, of course, it's HGTV, it's all those reality assets from Discovery plus HBO and Warner Brothers and TNT and TBS and CNN and and all those assets from Warner Media. So that's going to be merged into its own company. They're using a, a complicated uh, merger uh, tax efficient tool, so they're not going to end up paying taxes on on on, on, on the deal. But um, nice, yeah. So so it's it's it basically they're gonna they basically said, hey, we need to figure out how to compete with Disney and Netflix, and so let's just combine. Um, our, all of our good assets. All of good assets into <laughs> one super good asset. So if you're AT&T, you know HBO has sort of been like the, the one of the growth drivers, if not the growth driver, for the last couple of years. They got HBO Max; it was a whole thing, the rebranding, and now they're they're saying, "All right, we're going to spin that off, and we're still going to own a, a chunk of it, but, but we're going to spin it off and, and have that do its own thing." So,
4: well, Joel owns a share, so let's get his thoughts first because I don't own it. I kind of wanted to own it. I don't know if I want to own it less after this, to be honest with you. But
5: <laughs> well, uh, uh, if I would have saw it anywhere near thirty four popped up there several times i mean that's just you just gotta much, have too, too much stock to yeah in the book i mean i've seen this roll over on days like this i'm not buying i'm not selling maybe if it came down i want to buy more so maybe i was waiting for a gap fill after earnings they laughed at me after that if this thing can come back 32 and a half area, area I'd, I'd like to add to it and uh but I mean, just look at the look at all those highs in that area. I mean, and this is on the 15 minute. We haven't been up near 34 in a long time, so super extra major resistance right near those pre market highs. Actually, 3324 was your June at 220 high. So, this is even high for ATT. I mean, how much stock has it traded, Dennis? How much do we need in the book for this thing to you know, open at this area? It, it'll have trouble
4: little... even opening over 33, in my I opinion. I think so too. So, yeah. I think it's going to come in more. Um, it's down 3.5 million. It's going to do some stock, but I, I just think this is looking as a better deal for Discovery yeah. than it is for AT&T. Yeah. And I get concerned that ATT is spinning off or you know, going to, you know, divest themselves of some of their best assets and hold all the crap. So I'm and, not exactly sure this is a great deal for ATT. Well, I'm very surprised that they rallied at this much ATT. I'm not surprised the Discovery rally. It, it seems like a better better deal for Discovery. Of course I'm not chasing something up twenty two percent. but I think it's a lot better deal for Discovery than AT&T.
2: Well, and and it was the WSJ that pointed this out. So if you think back to uh, Randall Stevenson, who was the CEO of AT&T prior to, to, to John Stankey, you know, they, he made, they made two major deals, right? The two largest deals of, of the Stevenson tenure. It was, it was the DirecTV deal, and it was the Time Warner deal. Uh, and now in the first year plus, year in change, of, of John uh, the, uh tenure as CEO of AT&T, he has now unwound both of those deals, right? They, they sold out of uh, DirecTV, and they're now doing this Time Warner spinoff thing. So they they're now basically just undoing all of that work. And remember that they fought the. Do you remember how they fought the DOJ for like two years because the DOJ was like, well, AT and T is a cable provider, so they're gonna own uh, they're gonna own the content and the pipes. Uh, anti truck to, to,
4: to, to get to yeah right, and, and now they're spinning it off
2: right, and 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 they fought and they won. And
5: now they're spinning it off, so it's like yeah, but but being a AT and T shareholder, aren't I going to get part of that new company? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, let's not. I mean, (laughs) someone says your thesis was dividend growth in HBO. You know what? The most thing I was concerned about with this company was their debt, and with rising interest rates, to do this to pay this debt down. And are they going to be? Huge. No,
4: wait though. How much are they going to be paying I down I think they're getting debt?
5: forty-three billion on yeah, the cash. Yeah, at
2: and is going to get a forty-three billion, and yes, they, forty-three billion, Dennis. They they
5: pay
1: down were,
2: the debt, baby. I I read I read at the t- uh, uh, this morning that uh, I guess after the Time Warner deal, AT&T was the most indebted non.
5: Yeah, I, that makes right. me so happy. That was so, the first thing I thought of. So when yeah, I, the, when uh, I saw that that the, the deal, the first thing I thought of was pay down that debt. Yep. Interest rates are going up. You know, eventually. What are you left
4: with though if you have the legacy company? I think like I look it's at a it. Dividend. Think, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but what's gonna be servicing that? So you get rid of the right. debt and you get the six point two percent dividend, but you're talking to cable operations is gonna be like yeah. a big bulk of the money here now? Yeah. Not content, just legacy cable oh
5: well, the contents i mean the, the, the HBO, content's going to be
4: spun off you're going to get that in the spinoff so in the spin-off, that's good so i still so you take that up but if are you going to stick with the legacy company after this no
2: Russia. i mean yeah, it's a telecom company at heart right so,
4: so the wireless so you got you know yourself but I, i've said for years i do believe that you know wireless is going to get cheaper i think competition's coming um and uh, maybe i'm you know i've said this for a couple of years it hasn't really come and they can continue to charge me an absurd amount of money for my telephone um, for my uh, cell phone service as well but i do believe eventually we're going to have a hell of a lot cheaper phones so i don't know
5: the my biggest don't, I, I, it doesn't real- make me
4: want to hold the legacy company i'd be more interested in the spin-off okay. company
5: oh that's something i'll consider the most the thing that i was most concerned about was them you know somehow having to cut the dividend no. and
2: if this, this protects it more you figure
5: that's what i figure
2: yeah the, the, that that's that's uh, a dividend cut is
4: probably off the table now Oh, for sure off and yeah. when you're all this debt right you know, off, off it's just like going forward you know what am i investing in if i'm going to invest in at&t if i'm not getting any content now there's well, some considerations there but i i get it from the dividend perspective they're that concerned about the dividend they want to get rid of the debt that they're under to be able to support that dividend maybe this deal makes sense for them
5: uh, Discovery, I mean, this thing needed a pop. I mean, this is Bagholder Central. I oh, mean, there is. are people stuck on this. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you did a short term trade with this, um, I think you guys know what I'm going to say about this stock, technically. So uh, let's move on. Also,
2: I should add ATT, I, I, I think, will issue some sort of special dividend out of this. Um, or or they expect here, ATT will expect an annual dividend payout ratio of 40 to 43% from more than $20 billion of expected free cash. So, yeah, dividend dividend safe. Dividend rock solid. We,
5: we, we hope so. I mean, we don't know for sure. But that was the one thing in the back of my mind when I, you know, and Dennis, you yeah. mentioned it We've a lot. We've said it for that, years yeah.
4: long term, you know, that supporting that dividend could be an issue with, with the debt. We've talked about AT&T with the debt yeah. a long time. So, it does help. So, it helps with the debt issue. That's a good thing. And so, why can't this fact.
5: stock go back to 40 bucks? I mean, it's a value stock, right? And now it got rid of some of its value, but it paid down its cash. This thing hasn't caught a bed, right? If the market tanks, people are going to be looking for a place to hide. I mean, you know, look at, I mean, if this, I, even if it doesn't go up, I'm not holding this because I think it's going to 40 bucks. I'm holding this to uh, get paid. Yeah. And this, this increases the chances of that happening. So
2: maybe so, do you want to pull the, you want to look at Discovery here just for this morning and just take, because, it, it it was at forty two. is it's at is that forty now? Uh,
5: everyone knows what I'm going to say about this,
2: so I'm not going to. I'm not. Gonna well, I don't that. have no any
4: idea what you're going to say about it. Yeah, I don't really know either. <laughs> everyone knows, <but> the <laughs> I think everyone knows, in the chat so. does. <laughs> what What are you going to so say? It just say it. Pre market high. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah. it's come off the highs. Yeah. So we're, we we you think we've already topped out in the pre market? Sure. Okay.
2: All right. All right. Let's move on. All right, well, you know, on that on that note, Netflix is down on this headline this morning. Disney is eh, downish a little bit.
4: Down a little That's bit. That's just with the overall market, uh, really. I don't think it's impacting it too much. That They're like,
2: oh my gosh, ATT and you know, Discovery is yeah. coming for us. No, no, look at Netflix. What do you mean?
4: It's down 1.9%. With well, Q's, it's got a higher beta, 0.5%. I'm going to say Netflix it's going to be down 1% done? no matter what. Maybe it's getting, losing an extra 1% because of this. Not like it's down 10% on it. I, I, I don't think this competition is from Discovery and HBO is something for Disney or Netflix to really even concern themselves about. They're, Disney and Netflix will continue to be the players in this industry. There'll be lots of other streaming competition coming from everywhere. Just because you merge, you know, Discovery and AT&T and Time Warner assets doesn't make me concerned that, oh, we're all going to unsubscribe from Netflix and Disney Plus and we're all going to subscribe to HBO. Like you said, Spencer, before, is you can kind of subscribe to all these things if you cut the cord. Yeah. <laughs> the,
1: the uh, never,
4: $7.99 Disney. Never get the 10, cord. To $15 begin bucks with. Netflix. Yeah. Give me a 7 or 8 or $10 HBO Max. Maybe I subscribe to them all, too. I subscribe to Netflix and Disney. Maybe I'll do the other one, too.
5: Mm -hmm. The uh, uh, Netflix, I mean, that's just struggled since its last earnings report. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You do have three uh, three higher lows, so that's good. But getting knocked down again today, teetering on the low of the move, low of the move, 478.63. That's the only number you have. You want to see that hold today? I think you might find – I agree with Dennis. I think you might find buyers a little bit. Oh, I missed the dip. I missed buying this at 480. I don't even know if you'll get a shot of that today. I do want to talk about the House of Mouse here uh, mm-hmm. from Friday. Yeah. And it's so funny because I, you know, like we start following, like obviously I'm following the price action in Disney right after the report, right? And see what happens. And it, it you know, it dives and then pre market and everything. So the only thing I'm thinking is, uh, wow, is this this 169 buyer, this this guy was there in the pre-market, he was there in the after-hours, is this going to hold in a regular session? So it gets to 168.78, I blink it's at 172, I blink again, it's at 173, and they come on uh, at, uh, CNBC, oh, Disney getting hammered today, oh, after earning such a poor report, poor price action, and I'm thinking, Man, that's that's pretty good price action. It's had a four-point-ounce off, off the low on earnings. Could this be the turn in the house of Mouse? I don't know, but... Man, that's one hell of a level to hold up like that. And obviously, the buyers had to step up. But uh, it's getting knocked down again today. You want to get over 175, fill that gap. I could see it maybe not today, but this week gave a little gap fill in Disney. I
2: I, I owe Joel a, a debt of gratitude. And everyone in the chat, actually, who told me not to buy Disney on Thursday, I didn't. I listened. Thank you, everybody. You saved me a few dollars. I will be buying Disney today. Some more Disney. I'm, you're going to buy Disney today? I might yeah.
4: buy Disney today, yeah. too.
2: Well, I I was, yeah. out, I was out on I was doing things with my family on Friday. I was a little bit busy. I, I would have bought it then. But I was just too busy to do it. And yeah. uh, I'll, I'm back today, and I'll, I'll buy more today.
4: I actually already have it written on my sheet. I was going to write it down, but it's already written on my sheet. 171 is where I wanted to buy Disney. <laughs> nice. Uh, on the pullback for today. So, I I just think this is the ultimate reopening trade. The park's gonna reopen eventually. The dividend's gonna get restated, reinstated, Um I think there's a lot of good news to come as long as we're getting past COVID. I kind of like the Disney Plus.
2: So, oh man, that that report provided a great case study it to for me at least in um in just interpreting information because I was I was moderating our our conference, so I, I I had the time to look at. I was looking at like the 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 release as it came out um but i wasn't hearing any opinions i was just looking at looking at the the helps and yeah and and i was looking at the numbers to me without just without hearing anybody else and i didn't i didn't even pull up the chart like at first i was just looking at the release and i thought hey this looks pretty good actually and then i i I saw the chart and i was like okay well there must be something that i'm missing um but I, i i looked and i didn't i didn't see too much and i so like I interpreted it, like like what Joel said as a pretty good report and I, I I wasn't exposed to like any opinions and I don't I don't really know why it was down. One concerning thing
5: uh, you I cannot candidate. deny the 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 uh the uh dropping uh, or you know missing the expectations on the growth in uh in Disney Plus. Uh, is that
2: is that what it was? I don't
4: even... uh,
5: That's what I think. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, was, for yeah. sure, it was. For sure it was. What if that stalls? What if that stalls out? I, I've got the to... service
4: I don't plan to unsubscribe yeah, to. They just no added the gonna stars. They're going to yeah. keep adding content. I mean, this, you know, going so direct to Disney Plus from, you know, one, once we start, Joel, getting actually back fully reopened and they start producing movies. Think about before COVID started when we go back to 2019. Wasn't it at one point in time, Spencer, you're giving us a stat that 12 of the top 13 Disney uh, box office oh, movies of oh, the year yeah. were Disney? Oh, yeah. Remember that? Can yeah. you imagine? They start skipping the movie theaters and going straight to Disney Plus with some of this content. Okay, you can watch it. It's thirty bucks, people. That's just a huge money maker for them. They already are doing that on some of this on some of their content. Nobody makes better content than Disney. I mean, you can argue, oh yeah, no Netflix. They got some good shows, but Disney is the content king. And we are going into a, a world where content is giving given a premium for it. They're going to be able to t- sell it directly to consumers, bypassing everyone. Disney Plus just works for this company. What's your favorite
5: Disney movie of all time?
4: It's a good question. Are are, are we talking like... We we, we can't really talk to Star Wars. Because they
2: bought them. They didn't make them. Star Wars doesn't count. Marvel doesn't count, right? Although I will tell you that Mandalorian series
4: that they produced is...
2: Traditional traditional Disney? That's a tough question, man. Yeah. What's yours,
4: Joel?
5: Um... Herbie and the Love Bug or something like that. <laughs> Joel would go off the board for sure. <laughs> for sure, Joel would go off the board. <laughs> so. Kurt Russell. I mean, he was unbelievable Funny. in those movies. No, I I mean my girls really loved the, I mean, like the Lion King, yeah, you know. All and then you got the old classics, you know. Yeah, I, I, I was, mean, I don't I, know. I was, big, I
2: was always a big fan of Peter Pan. So yeah. Yep. Nah, uh, all right. let's go.
4: Let's all move right, on. Nice. So, so I I, I was going to say, just finishing my point on Disney, is that once yeah. the parks reopen, we reinstate right. the dividend. There's a lot of catalyst. You can see a lot of catalysts here sure. for this stock to make new all-time highs eventually. So unless COVID, you know, the variations come and COVID, you know, kills us all, I think I, as a reopening play, I think Disney is going to start to price some of that in as well. It's priced the whole stay-at-home Disney Plus portion of it in but the reopening story is still intact for Disney, and I think it's going to be an awesome reopening story. The, the I, world's strongest I, I man. Disney, I do not own guy. it right now. Like Spencer said, I might own it after today. We will see.
5: Oh, that's right. Dean Jones was the driver of Herbie. I'm thinking of the the world's strongest man or something I, like I, that. I'm, I'm, that.
2: Thinking, I'm thinking of the remake with Lindsay Lohan. That's what I'm thinking of in 2005. Herbie fully loaded. No? All right. Uh, wrong crowd. Horror, um, horror movies. <laughs> Next, Okay, Now, where do you want to go? I mean, we, we got a couple of earnings this morning. Uh, there is a smaller MA deal. We got
4: a lot. This is retail earnings season. We're yes, coming it into is. Tuesday, so remember, we're going to get this oh, week, right. Tuesday, Walmart, Home Depot. Oh. You get Baidu as well. But, you know, Wednesday, we're getting Target and Lowe's. So we are going to come into the heart of retail earnings season. Look at the earnings calendar that they have put together for us, the Benzinga team. It looks beautiful. Um, High Nancy's, expectations. A, High expectations. A ton, a ton of retail is coming. High expectations for Home Depot for sure, uh, but but then it's come off in the last. So is there still? Because it came off the last week. It's kind of a good setup because you know what, the Home Depot. If you would have been reporting a week ago, I'd be like, "There's no way they're meeting these expectations." But it just sold off twenty bucks. So now all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, did the bar lower just a little bit?" Because I'll tell you, on Home Depot, they're blowing it away there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that Home Depot is going to blow it away. Oh, I kind of want to be long, but the expectations were so high last week, I probably wouldn't have. But now that it's come down a bit, I wonder you know that maybe we should take a flyer on this through the report. It's a, its always a gutsy call to take a stock through the report intentionally. I do it every once in a while. I'm really convicted. Uh, I think Home Depot does blow it away. Does Is it still priced in or is a 20-point sell-off enough that maybe... The, the high
5: bar isn't as high as it was.
4: Question to you.
2: <laughs>
5: I don't know. I looked at this last week and someone was talking. They were looking for like 295, uh, you know, 50% retracement. That's when the market was going. And then just like this 320 level, you know, if, I, I think I would have been more inclined last week to look at that like seven lows in that area. So, you know, if you're looking to try and get it on the cheap, ahead of the report. I look at the 320 area. I think on the upside here, I don't think you're going to get a big run. Three highs in a row. This is called uh, 328. So let it digest. But that, That's great support there. That Even though an undercut was that on Wednesday, it went to 1627. That's still a good area. I don't know. We'll see. I, full disclosure, been in lows in under 50 bucks. Want to sell it? Probably never will.
2: And if I can bring the calendar back up for a second, I, I want to mention this calendar is on Menzinga's Twitter account, so if you missed it, just go there. But yeah, Home Depot uh, tomorrow morning, along with Walmart and Baidu and Macy's. Um, Wednesday, you've got Target, JD, Lowe's, <laughs> L Brands, Thursdays, BJ's, Kohl's. A lot of retail in there. Yeah, Ralph Lauren, Ross Stores, and then Foot Locker on Friday, John Deere. John Deere is going to crush it on Friday. A bit.
4: There's a lot of these companies in here are going to crush it. That's You look at this and you're like, you're coming into the, the heart where Lowe's and Home Depot's, and like you said, John Deere, we know these companies are crushing this earnings. Yeah. Like, they're very high probability that they are crushing these reports. question is, is it all priced in or not? I mean, John Deere has been running for months as well, but it's been in consolidation for a couple months. But just with, you know, the way, you know, and I can see it with building the house, the way construction is backed up, you know, you know how busy the Home Depots and Lows are. I mean, people are doing stuff on their homes. John Deere as well, farming the construction equipment. I can't see them missing either, Spencer. So we're coming into an earnings season now, the second, like the second half, you can call it really the retail earnings season, where... These companies are going to blow it away. Does that impact the markets at all? Like as we keep seeing blow away earnings, does that help the overall market, Joel? Or is it are they small enough that it won't matter?
5: Uh, what 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 hurts? The, I mean, what hurts this market?
4: It's We try to get bearish and the SPY just – You can't.
5: Will, it's relentless. Like who, the inflation number. That, that Don't talk to me about inflation ever again. It was no big deal. Market went down and <laughs> right back up. It, it just—it's just a you know the Goldilocks market. I mean, until proven otherwise, and that, you know we'll see what happens this week. I mean, we're still—and actually, I was talking with one of my buddies—and you know the sell-off on Wednesday. Everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, we're you know the market—it's a you know correction." We're we were within the 200 points of the all-time high. People like, "What? What are you thinking? That that wasn't—that wasn't even the correction. That was like, wait, a little, wait, wait, no, no, no." I-
2: that was my argument. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.
5: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying. You're young, Spencer. You're bullish. You're bullish. All the... You have to be bullish because you're so young. Well, now you're 30, so maybe you, should, maybe you should switch to fixed income. <laughs> Where's Tim Quas? We need Tim.
2: Get Tim on here. Bring he's, us in. He's
4: bringing he Tim on.
5: He'll, He'll on. on. He'll be
2: on in one second. He's having some cabin problems. Oh, we need oh Tim no, save no, us here. no. He'll be on in one
5: second. He'll be on in one second. But... All right, will I do one more stock? Yeah. um, Fisker. Sure. Did Rocket? No, they report tonight. 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 Yeah. Did
4: ride? Is ride supposed to report today too? Fisker's gonna report. Ride's on my calendar for this morning. Yeah, someone said that in the chat
5: too. Ride is all messed up because
4: oh yeah, they maybe delayed it.
2: These are the the I think
4: they delayed it.
5: There's one stock I'm cheering for. That's ride.
4: I am just for Marcus. I know. We love Marcus. We're cheering for you Marcus. If you listen Marcus, we love you. You always relax okay. me, you. You're so calm. Even when even when Marcus
2: is in trouble, he's still calm. Yeah. Oh, he's. You should see the emails he sends. He, uh, I, I confirming for tomorrow, Marcus. He goes, "Hey, I'm looking forward to talking about round with you guys." <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Wait. Let's thank you for reminding me, Julie. Well, let's let's go to Ford for a second here. Okay. Ford. Uh, I put this on the calendar last week, uh, reminding to remind myself to remind you, May nineteenth, which is like so Wednesday. Ford is at nine thirty a.m. Ford will re- reveal they're all electric F150 lightning at the Ford HQ in Dearborn. Uh, this was one of the catalysts for why I owned the stock in the first This case. is Wednesday? This is Wednesday and not at, like at the open. At, like 9:30 yeah. is when they're going to unveil their thing. So yeah. probably, probably, I would
4: I, I'm going to rate that on my list to own extra shares. I own some Ford, but I'm probably going to buy more in the next day to own it into that not take it through yeah take the things through like i'll take the my whole core position that i've had you know for the last year through but the extra shares that i'm gonna buy for a trade i'm probably going to sell it right before that event as well but there's often they'll talk about in the media would not be surprised wednesday morning what time is the event uh 9 30 a.m i believe wednesday 9 30 a.m really that early that's what I believe I saw. It's going to impact us at the open on Ford. So and I, I'm probably taking it home Tuesday night.
2: Um, Maybe even tonight. Well, Rich D is saying people don't want an electric truck. even right truck. now. So just, I, okay, just okay. buy an 11.8. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So Rich D is saying people don't want an electric truck. I, I, bought, I bought this Ford back when like it was this is like last fall right when EVs were like the hottest thing everybody was was launching we bought the same day i think well, maybe, maybe. Do the maybe. And, and the idea was if EVs stay this hot then won't the, the most popular truck in in the world uh the EV version of that one that generates some buzz and that was my thinking and it sort of worked out that way but not really but i i'm, I'm waiting for wednesday to see I, I mean either way i'll probably sell right uh whether it gets a pop or not but I I I bought it for for the Wednesday pop or for the Tuesday pop, so
4: we'll see. I don't know. I could be wrong. We've been talking about this too. I mean, I think the electric 150 F one fifty is going to be a huge, you know, one of the the biggest EV trucks ever. I, I it's F one fifty is the best selling truck EV. I'm like, I love the idea of buying an EV F one fifty too. I have a three year old F one fifty, makes me want to, a two year old F one fifty, makes me want to trade in to go buy the new one when it comes out. So oh, I think right. it's going to be huge
2: for Ford. I'm sorry. Oh man, you date I, wrong, date it, wrong. It's 9:30 p.m. night. What? Yeah, what? That's, that's what. It I can't says. be right. That's okay,
4: I'm challenging all your dates. It now, says no,
2: but... no. It says 9:30. He's 30, PM. man. It
4: just lose it.
5: It's
4: 9:30 p.m. Wednesday night. 9:30. Yeah holy cow why so late what do they do now i'm now now i'm upset about this whole thing our big (laughs) unveil everybody gonna be sleeping i'm not even awake at 9 30 p.m
2: me neither i'm I'm, I'm old 44
4: years old i go to bed at eight o'clock right after i get done trading
2: am i middle aged now or what i don't know when that starts i don't know
4: um it's horrible now i've changed everything i need to get we need uh we need to bring, bring tim quast on and all see right. what the market sentiment on ford is now i can't i can't make a decision without the market sentiment information where's where's tim
2: tim uh if you're good to go give me the thumbs up and and, and all right he's guys he says he's good to go so
4: okay we're getting right. market structure and and he's he's coming from one of his balconies hey, of his 37th hey. house
6: <laughs> yeah i'm sorry you can't see the the ocean behind me you barely you see it back ocean see back
4: front property uh, yeah yeah
6: so uh well, this is actually the next. We can kind of see it. There, there, can, can, Yeah, I was I was out there on the balcony, and uh, and uh, uh, technology conspired against me. Uh, so uh, so I look a little dark. I'm I'm doing my Spencer Israel imitation with the ah, with the facial hair. So I heard that. So you were talking about Ford. Yeah. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Um,
4: we want so What did you set? conclude? I like to play the run-ups into the events. So yep. we have a big F one hundred and fifty electric uh, unveiling apparently now at nine thirty at night on Wednesday. I'm going to have okay. to verify that time. But usually I like to be long ahead of those events. But I was like at first. now I have to just get the market structure sentiment on Ford to see if the ducks are all in a row and if I can put on this trade or not. So can Tim, I, okay.
5: Can I guess? Can I guess where it's at?
4: Yeah, please. And maybe we should make it interesting.
5: I, I think
4: I we'll put money on the, where is the market right. structure at? How, I how it, much are you
6: willing to wager, Joe?
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe will bet on everything, Tim. Don't even, <laughs> he will go there. He, he, we, we go to a baseball game and he bets, you know, at the beginning of the season, how much is the average going to be when the baseball, when he gets a hit? Okay, how uh, much is it moving? It's going up three points. I think it's going up three points. Will you
5: give me uh, two either way? <laughs> the yes. In the for yes. Okay. I'll give you two okay. either way. So what you Lunch. got? Lunch. I
0: say it's. Okay. I say it's.
5: I say it's at four. You say it's at
6: four. Okay. That so let's go have tough, a look. Here, there's
5: ten possible. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry.
6: It That's got hit. Bad. It's Don't coming look. back
5: up, but it's not enough to. You know. It's not like a five yet.
6: Well, let's have a look. I'm going to pull up the 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 Benzinga. Uh, portfolio for today. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're new to these market structure, Monday sessions, apologies for, uh, the, the instability here, but that's what you get on the beach. And I hope that you can see that. So, uh, so, uh, what you, you can go to marketstructureedge.com structure edge.com and it, it, the amount of time it takes you to put your name and email and you can follow along. So let's have, let's have a look at this and we'll add forward to, uh, uh, it's harder to type this way. Okay. So uh, I'm going to add Ford to this. You can tell by the paucity of items on my screen here, uh, the state of the market, right? If the, you know, if I've got 10 or 15 things in the Benzema uh, Market Structure Monday portfolio, oh, it's clearly it's good, fancy. right? Right. So it's, so it, it so here's, let's add Ford and we'll see how close Joel came to uh, uh, the correct, uh, with the over-under. Yep. Assessment. of where Yeah, we you are. gave me
5: two each way. Oh, I mean, this is a lot.
6: He are so this close. Is it looks like it's five. That's, that's actually really good. So you're you're learning this, Joel. You're you're able to make these. Pretty soon, you won't need me. You'll be <laughs> able to. You able to make these calls. <laughs> I'm yourself. sorry,
5: Jim. So <laughs> I'm sorry. You be me
6: to head has become uh,
4: your algorithm.
6: Uh, well, and let's explain this for folks. So uh, again, it's not. This is not fundamental analysis. We're not looking at uh, Ford production numbers or. Uh, income or revenue, and how those compare to uh, expectations from the sell side, all we're looking at is supply and demand. And uh, does the supply-demand equation justify uh, cre- riding a wave? And stocks tend to do better when they're above 5.0. Very simple stuff. This, that's the beautiful thing about market structure. It's very simple to understand. And you want short volume at, at or below trend. So let's look at these two charts. So uh, sentiment is the smooth line. Price is volatile. Price is very challenging to trade. Uh, so sentiment here is rising and has returned to five. Short volume is right at trend. Uh, Joel, I would say you are absolutely correct. This is likely a very good opportunity in Ford, and you would you want to buy rising sentiment and sell falling sentiment. Uh, and you can back test this too, folks. If you want to go back and say historically, what has happened if you go buy a Ford at five? Uh, we can we can go test that very easily and see what the history tells us. And that's all we can go on. Right. We're, we're trying to predict the future using history. And that's what everybody does. The difference here is that we're using supply and demand to help us understand what's occurring. Uh, and that it's a, you know, it's the, the the fundamental economic principle is supply and demand. When there's more supply than de- uh, demand, prices go down and vice versa. So if you just bought five and five, you could make 20 in, percent uh, in 90 trading days here uh, versus holding it and, re- and returning 34 percent. But we only needed to hold it for for 59 days. Notice how much time Ford has spent above five, uh, 52 versus 31 below. It's ba- It's rarely at one might tell us that when it's a one, we should buy it. Uh, when it gets to ten, it only has spent fourteen days there. That's probably a good it time to like, leave.
5: It doesn't like ten.
6: Doesn't like tens? No, exactly right. Tech tends to like tens, or used to. Uh, but that's how you know. You could you could look at this and say, well, I will have roughly twelve days in the trading period. I rarely stay that long, uh, but we know we've got a pretty good shot at a return here. Could be three, four, five percent in in uh, in three, four days, and that's pretty good. That's how you want to think about this.
4: MCB he talked me, me into clash, the Ford okay. trade I think I'm long <laughs> yes. it already but I might buy more ahead of this event so Tim's getting me bullish
6: <laughs> well the you know the contrast to that and you know there are a great many Tesla faithful out there uh and and of course we've spent a lot of time talking about Tesla and uh we better talk pro- about it again well I think it's worthwhile <laughs> clearly it has discouraged the masses uh it is uh, it's, it's the equivalent of waiting for the savior uh, when will he return? It's uh, <laughs> because uh, it's been dismal in one or two, for some right, period Tim? of time. One or two, it, exactly right. It's a one and bottomed, and it's only forty percent short. So you would look at that and say, "Well, that's pretty good data from a supply demand standpoint, in the sense that all of the demand has come out, and there's excess supply, telling us that there is an increasing probability of demand returning." Uh, The trouble, again, if you went back and back back tested Tesla, is that at one, it doesn't do well. You don't want to buy Tesla at one. You want to buy rising sentiment in Tesla. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the history really shows us that that's the way to go. If you buy when sentiment rises off of one, most of the time that has produced returns. Uh, But you look at the data. Short volume is below trend over there on the far right in the middle, right over here. See short volumes below trend and sentiment is right. You know, it's uh, it's it's been sitting at one for the longest time since February. And at that point, we got a very nice return in Tesla. So traders, that's how you have to think about it. You don't want this is the difference. How would you know otherwise when you should buy or sell something? Uh, And and you all, the three of you can talk to technicals and what technicals look like here. But certainly from a market structure sentiment standpoint, you're watching this now. Uh, but we're not quite there.
4: There's no signal to buy this, even though it's a one right. and it's it's extremely probably oversold. Maybe from this, it's still yes. there's no sign of ticking up here, uh, at least in, in in the market structure. We're exactly. getting
5: down triple D. We are getting this stuff down. Pat, you you are you are.
4: <laughs> we're learning. <It> takes <laughs> us a little while. Me and we Joel need learn things about yeah. half speed of other people because we're starting to get older now. But brain cells don't.
6: <laughs> it only took as us like as they two once months, did. but Literally. we got it. You know, listen. If anyone knows about deteriorating mental faculties, you're uh, you're looking sort of vaguely at him here. Uh, what ocean is that, Tim? What ocean? So this is. Uh, let me see if I can give you a better view. Uh, uh, the connection really. Uh, uh, yeah, we don't want to. There so we go. go. There Holy cow, so, the cow. Cow. so I, I mean, I am trees. right on top of the of the ocean here, and uh, this is the South Carolina coast. So this is uh, <gasps> I love about, South Carolina. It, it's really spectacular. And uh, you know, obviously, it's not the ocean uh, that you get uh, near Destin in Florida, but it is a spectacular beach, a very wide beach. And this is about thirty miles south of Myrtle Beach, a place called Polly's Beach. And uh, My lo- second favorite
5: poem. state, second favorite it, state, South Carolina. It goes Michigan, South Carolina, Oregon. <laughs>
2: What?
4: is that
5: Oregon. right he always goes out the board somewhere
2: <laughs> joel hasn't ranked one fifty don't worry
5: well it was it was ohio's last that.
2: is
5: that a state it's
3: it's uh no. working
6: on it working on it sorry uh, tim go ahead no no that's okay i well i had i you should have told me joel i had i had no idea we had not been to savannah and charleston so we uh, um, we, f- we, f- we couldn't go to Italy. So instead, we went to Savannah and Charleston and then came up here to the, the beach before returning to Denver. Um, uh,
2: not so, Charleston. yeah. So, Tim, um, well, let's talk overall market for a second here. Because yeah. For the first half of last week, it was like, oh, no, there's inflation. This is not good. And then for right. the second half of the week, it was like, uh, eh, is it really a problem, though? I don't know. So <laughs> may, may, maybe, maybe you can uh, tell us what transpired. Uh, from a market structure point of view, last week, right? And
6: uh, thank you. The, the, the there are two things that I would say, and the the inflation fear trade lasted exactly one day, right the the whole the whole of punditry, yeah, uh, trumpeted this uh, sudden fear of Love inflation, it. and uh, and then the next two days we soared, and there was uh, you know deafening silence from punditry. Uh, no one seemed to have a, an answer. And, and uh, before we get to market structure, I- inflation uh, does not cause equities to decline. Inflation causes equities to rise. Higher exactly. interest rates can cause equities to decline because you change your allocation to, to fixed right. income instruments. But, in, but higher interest rates are a response to inflation. They are not a consequence of inflation. Inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon, and no one has challenged that Milton Friedman proverb, uh, and it remains true. Low interest rates are the cause of inflation. So have we had inflation? We have had inflation for a decade uh, because we've had artificially low interest rates. So we know inflation exists. So what does inflation cause? It causes money to rush into risk assets until it's fully absorbed, and then it will cause deflation. The exact opposite effect. So that will come at some point. Now, to to answer your question about uh, what market structure tells us about this, uh, easy step number five of using market structure edge is managing overall risk. It's a very important principle. Uh, I've used this. uh, I borrowed it. I stole this from somebody else. But uh, If I describe to you an awesome stock, but it's describing the best chair on the deck of the Titanic, what good have I done you? And the broad market has has overarching authority over everything. And so we use what we call broad sentiment for risk management, which hopefully you can see on my screen. I like to back up three months and look at it. Uh, So when that, when sentiment is, uh, I'm just doing, I'm doing 30 days here because I want to make a point. Uh, This is SPY. This thing moving all over the place, that is SPY. What is sentiment doing? Not moving at all. All right. That tells us the market has no capacity to rise. We are seeing rotation from this thing to that thing. That's what sentiment will tell us. The market has done precisely as sentiment told us it would do. Uh, If we step back a little bit, you can see where this condition began. Three months back, here is the peak. And the market is no higher now than it was then. So when the market peaks, reduce your exposure. You have to be very picky about the things that you trade when this condition exists, because this is how you lose a bunch of money. When broad market sentiment is not giving you any direction, be wary. When sentiment is rising in the broad market, there's your opportunity. When it peaks and falls, reduce your exposure. It will cost you money. And so where are we? Well, we're right where we were. This isn't over yet. Uh, I do believe that into options expirations Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week, we're going to see some returns simply because options are devalued and high speed traders are going to scoop up baskets of those and try to run the price up. Even if today is not a great day, I bet it will be into expirations. But unless and until this trend line of flat sentiment improves, the market is going to struggle to rise.
2: That. All right, that that see that makes me feel that makes sense, and that makes me feel a little better. Uh, the constant is is what I'm all about. The we got
4: to see one more. We got to see Disney okay. because me and Spencer are talking <laughs> about buying Disney today. Yeah, okay. Is it safe to come okay. in the okay. House of Mouse, or are we trying to call a bottom here uh, that maybe we shouldn't be calling? Uh, well, call.
5: This <laughs> is probably this is like in the one to two region. Again. I think it's low. I think two, we uh, might okay. be early. We're uh, kind okay. of
4: getting gutsy here with the Disney. 4.2 well, 4.2 4. 4.2 4.
6: Oh, higher but, oh, but nice. it's falling but look oh, at the trend look at the trend Spencer. line 4.2 and down don't buy don't buy traders don't buy falling sentiment buy rising sentiment so, so we're too uh, early
2: why are you doing this to me come on
4: <laughs> Why are you talking us out of it we're too early <laughs>
6: we're,
5: like i just so see
4: as now we're not so, Dennis
5: is going to be. This is going to be Dennis, like on the <laughs> open today. He's going to be like frozen. He's not going to be able to. I don't know what to do. I'm like, my instincts tell me to buy
4: Disney, but the market structure says it, I'm too early. It, it, the the exact
6: wrong conditions exist here. Oh in my god! <laughs>
5: <that wrong. Short laughs> it, it, exactly be backwards. backwards. Like, Let's keep... short Disney? Should
6: right? it buy short Disney? I turn around right and I just right short Disney. I'm buying. Yeah. It almost always is true. So the last time, you know, here it was a five, but once short volume rose well over trend, price declined. It's not immediate. There's cause and effect. And it tends to be, it gives you three, four, five days. That's what you know. So three, four, five days from now, revisit it and maybe sentiment will have
2: reversed. But right like now, it.
6: this would not be a
2: good time for a house of mouse. Too All right. Early, so. By my uh, yeah. it's it's... Let it be known, it's done. I, I he's he here. made his decision. <laughs> You're not going to sway him. He kind of swayed me
4: though. i like, I might just yeah, let Spencer.
5: Yeah. I might just watch Spencer. No, all I, all I, I was said, I
2: I, puts. I was joking.
5: About. Let's see if we can find something at a ten. A ten? Um, oh sure. New core. New
4: core.
5: New I saw it 8. at the 8. bottom. point five. No, new
4: core is ten. I can see
6: it already. Oh really? And and new core remains remains an excellent stock to hold. Look at where we are. Uh, and we said this Gotta last hold. week, we, we talked about down. this, right? So as long as it's t- at 10, uh, it, it, you self self falling sentiment and it's at 10 and look what short volume did last week. So for three days it dropped. So we were a little above trend, but not bad. It returned to trend. I'd look at this and say, you can stay in that until sentiment changes or short volume moves meaningfully above trend. And so right now it's a very good place to be in a rocky market.
2: All right. Tim Quast is the founder and CEO of Market Structure Back. Edge, joins us every Monday from Market Structure Mondays. The link is up on the screen right, exactly. right there. Tim, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Next, you know, We'll talk to you next week from a different state. Right Sounds here. good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, eight fifty-seven. We'll do a couple more tickers, and then we'll go to our IPO guy. Let's do some ticker time from the chat. Unless you have anything on your radar, guys, you want? Yeah, I mean, we can do five, three, four minutes. Uh, time. Let's go do some ticker times, or unless you want to do more Charles. In fact, because apparently Joel is a, just a wealth of knowledge. Yes, on, on Charles Charles. I had no idea, Joel. All knowing, so
5: much me. knowledge about Charles in South Carolina. But oh, Ghost Tour? You gotta go on the Ghost Tour there too. Yeah, it
2: currently does. All right, Slow Black. You win. Under Armour. Let's take a look. UA, it's oh, been a while.
5: Oh it, wow. Yeah. I was thinking about Under Armour and uh because I, I needed some socks and they couldn't find any on their site. So uh it's turning up. It's a retailer trying to get out of the way of itself. I'll just say you got uh, three highs in the same area. You gotta clear nineteen thirty uh for another leg higher.
4: Dennis. I, I kind of like it, but needs to hold that 18 area. What about, oh, Chewy. I haven't looked at Chewy for a while, I feel like. I hate it. Even before I looked at the chart. No, oh, it's still going down. I'm going to say, if this is oh, still yeah. here, I think this is like sitting down there, still pretty low in market structure, and I think it's trending down still. I mean, this is just, it, 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 this is your classic gross stock. It got way overvalued, 120 bucks. It's been cut in half, basically, 67. Uh, Some of the growth names have turned. But again, like Tim's saying, we might be early trying to call a bottom on some of these. I've tried to call a bottom on Kathy a couple times last week, and I was wrong both times. So I think I'm just laying off trying to call bottoms, even a stock like Chewy. But um, great company. The valuation is just silly, though.
5: Uh, Boom, boom, boom. I mean, if you lose to 64, you got to look at 55, 56. That's what the monthlies are telling you. So if you're leaning on that 64 low, I don't know. I wouldn't hang around at 61, 62 to find out. All
2: right. What about uh, SE?
4: The what are they? I the, think it was my best traded stock last year. A stock I hardly talk about on the show, but I yeah. love trading SE. It just moves around with the growth names. It's very correlated with a lot of the growth names. Ooh. It's got earnings tonight. No, tomorrow night, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. So you got a little relief pop. Bounced at the 200. It's held the March lows. That's the good news. The bad news is it's still a valuation issue. This is a growth name. It's going to move around with the growth stocks. When growth turns, it pops three times more than the other stocks. When growth falls, it falls three times harder than the other growth stocks. This stock is wild. I like trading it, though, just because it moves around very well with all the growth names. And I pair it up relationship-based trades.
5: Uh, palms out at 240 if it gets some crazy pop there. That's what I oh, would me be too. The, I'd yeah, be palms palm, out there, too. Yeah. And 200. Wow. That's a quad bottom. Two In the middle of nowhere. Middle, yeah, of nowhere. middle of nowhere. All right,
2: we'll do one more. Let's do Levi Strauss. Levi.
5: Levi.
2: Off its highs, which I guess is something. Trending higher. It's been trending higher. This is
4: a retail play. People are wearing jeans. Jeans are back. Levi's are back. No, summer's coming,
5: Dennis. Unless you're wearing jeans. All shorts. right,
4: Se- seasonal. Yeah, jean shorts are cool. now. No, are a jean pair. shorts
5: back in too. I, I think are jean twa- shorts coming back in.
4: I, well, they never
5: went out as far yeah. as I'm concerned. I think I wore them on Friday.
4: Get your Levi jean shorts on. I had a pair of jean shorts too.
2: I don't I don't know mm. if I have them. I, I don't know. I don't have mine anymore.
5: This is this is tough. Uh market sentiment is at like 8.5. Okay. So it's come off. I don't know. You got great support down here at uh just call it twenty-seven forty on the downside, on the ups. I don't know, man. I bet you people are saying, "Hey, if this gets back to thirty, I'm going to sell." Too many highs in the same area.
4: T is almost down below thirty-three. I know, I'm going I to it. do the predict the open, cool thing that we sometimes do and say it's going to be thirty-three on the kisser.
5: Wow! Yeah, I knew it when I saw that. It's I sucked my in. Stock Joel's down. a great
4: call. I don't think it opens over thirty-three. Either. Too
5: much in the book. Too much in the book thick. in that stock like that. And there's a lot
4: of people who just think,
5: oh, I'm in
4: it for the dividend. And boom, I get a $2 bonus this morning, which was insane. Now you're only getting an 80 cent bonus. But people are like, "Ah, bust sell and I'll reload down at 32 because it eventually usually comes
2: back. And it probably will. Uh, okay uh, I'll, I'll let you guys go but before you go yeah. I wanna, you want to do one housekeeping announcement uh, I've mentioned this a couple times last week as well Benzinga uh, Benzinga's YouTube channel was nearing 100,000 subscribers and as such we are doing a giveaway for that we're going to we haven't launched it yet but when we do launch it I will tell you how you can enter you're giving away a free share of Tesla that's, Wow that's one thing we're giving away we I are- came back for that wait, wait I stuck away and then I'm coming back for <laughs> well it's not happening today uh-huh. uh, but I'm te- that's called a tease that's what they call uh-huh. it in, in the base I'm teasing this contest uh, a free share of Tesla we're also giving away I believe one of our nice Shinola watches that we have here in the office uh, so Stay tuned for that. I'm teasing that contest. It'll, it'll go live, uh, I believe, tomorrow or Wednesday. All right, guys, I'm going to let you go. Have a good rest of your day. Joel, I will see you for the At the Close show. Dennis, good luck at the Open. I'm going to bring on Matt Hammond here from IPO Warriors. We're going to talk some IPOs this week. What Matt traded last week and what is on his radar this week. Matt, good morning.
3: Good morning, Spencer. And before we get started, I want to say happy birthday. I understand oh, you hit a big milestone uh, over the weekend.
2: Yes, I, I'm one day older than I was yesterday. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, very you merry you.
3: unbirthday to you today.
2: Thank you very uh, much. I, I, I appreciate that. All right, let's talk some IPOs, Matt. Well, first off, uh, let's run through last week. What did you trade? Uh, and guys, smash the like for this this in depth IPO
3: segment. Matt, take it away. Uh, yeah, and before we get started, guys, sign up for Warriors.com, the newsletter. Uh, I've got something really pretty big to disclose this week about what I didn't trade last week um, and why, and why I'm going to make sure we don't miss this one in the future. So it's probably what I'm most excited to talk about today. So I'll just tease that out there for now, and we'll get to it very close, very shortly. Okay, let's go for it. Uh, The the ones that we called out last week were iPower uh, and Global E, and both of those gave us pretty good win opportunities. They were fairly straightforward, as we'll see in a second. But the ones that we didn't call out, and there's a reason for it, were Digital Brands, which doesn't quite fit the profile of what I'm going to talk about here. But The big one was eHome Household Services, EJI, which went up 485%, and pretty much followed the same playbook as UTME, which we talked about last month, and W&W, which we've we've referenced before. And I'm, after kind of going back, looking through my notes, trying to understand what I missed on these, it's now obvious to me. These are stealth IPOs. And that's something that I'm going to explain to you guys a little bit, but the basic gist of them is they were not promoted, and I believe that that was intentional. They weren't on the IPO calendars. They still don't show up on NASDAQ's uh, list of IPOs that have been recently priced, along with all the other ones that have gone live in the last couple of weeks. So to me, there's something fishy going on and the price behavior you know, is evidence to that. But that doesn't mean that we can't make some serious money on these. And I did actually make some money on some of these inadvertently. Um, but these, this is a huge opportunity if we can really nail down what is causing these and how to spot these before they go live. Um, So let's first look at the pretty easy ones. Uh, iPower, we knew it was low float. We knew it was a profitable company. Uh, There was a pretty high conviction here. So if you bought in at the the debut, it was $5.66. You had to wait a little bit. Either you took out some profit right on the initial spike or you held until momentum built up. We had two halts right here. Anytime I see kind of a little bit of a weak, opening, and then I see the halts, I want to be taking out my position at each of the halts. Either take all of it out off the first halt. You don't know if this is going to drop back down. If you have a little more conviction, like on this one, maybe take half out on the first halt, half out on the second halt, and be happy with that. If it just continues to run, okay, well, you still made uh, you know a good 25% on your money. If it doesn't, you don't want to be you know, if this was your entry down here and it's sort of giving you this baseline, if you really want to let it run, maybe put a stop loss here and just accept, hey, it it fell out. But there was no reason to take a loss on this one. And you had every, you know, the table was set for you to eat a nice little feast here. So take your money out of the halts. Be happy with the win. Don't cry over uh, having possibly lost out on, on future gains if it continues to run. Global E, there was a lot of solid coverage on this. They are profitable. It's another, you know, global e-commerce platform. Comps to Shopify, Big Commerce, all of those did really well. So this one gave you every opportunity to take profits, and still is putting you in a position to have, you know, to be up. So if you got in at twenty four, twenty five, it's not a huge win opportunity, but a pretty safe one. I just played this initial halt, you know, spike right here. When it traced back down, I got stopped out. That was enough for me. And if you had a little bit more conviction, maybe you held to that end of the day rally. Maybe you held through the second day spike. But these are kind of the traditional exit spots that you're going to look at for a high conviction IPO. I'm usually playing no more than a second day unless there's some extenuating circumstances. Like I start seeing a lot of buzz in Twitter uh it's got low float something like that but on a straightforward play like this you're looking at this initial spike you're looking at an end of day rally you're looking at a day two surge in the you know the opening hour or two and after that it's time to call it a day you don't really see it continue up from here and it's very rare that you're going to see further momentum at the end of the second day on a kind of high highly publicized mainstream IPO this one was offered in e-trade so you know, you knew that this was a pretty straightforward, normal IPO. And I say that with extra emphasis, because what we're about to look at is sort of the abnormal trend where I've seen, where I've taken my biggest wins in the last couple of months has been these sort of trends to play the low float unknown IPO. And there's a difference between kind of the unknown IPO and the stealth IPO. And the unknown IPOs are these companies that we haven't really heard of before. That have the low float, and they sometimes take the day two surge because people are like, Oh, this is another low float IPO. You know, we should get in on it. It's gonna run like um forgot that one, FLGC earlier, or that was earlier last week. There was one the week before, yeah. I think it was FLGC, which took a day before it ran. But this one, oh no, it was um Alf. Alf didn't really run the first day, saw a bit of a run the second day. People are kind of like, oh, is this one of those that going to run? Is this one? Well, maybe let's all get in. Digital brands is kind of what I would call the copycat or the wannabe. It's not the true stealth IPO. And we're going to look at the, the next one, which show shows the difference. Digital brands pretty much dumped out of the open and sat down. If you bought in at 415, you're sitting at a pretty heavy loss here. And you're kind of sitting around twiddling your thumbs. You would have had to have a lot of conviction that this was going to pop in the early market hours today. And what you can see is it got a little bit of social media buzz. People were comparing it to ALF. People were saying, oh, it's going to run like ALF. And if you're in Weeble, you can trade this. There's not a lot of shares moving here, but if you're in E-Trade or Robinhood or Ameritrade, you're not even able to exit at this time. You have to wait till seven, you know, seven in the morning. You can see a lot of people when they did get the ability to jump, dump it, they dumped it and it dropped. Uh, If you guys are looking for a day trade today, keep an eye on this one. If it behaves like ALF, you'll see a bit of a spike in the morning and then it'll kind of die off. For some reason, these don't, these will have more volume than the stealth IPOs. And I think that there's a reason behind that. One would think that more volume people coming in and buying would send the price higher. But what we're seeing in these stealth IPOs, and here we're going to take a look at this chart and it'll kind of blow your minds, is... EJH. So, this wasn't on the calendar. This wasn't in any of the apps. This wasn't in anything until the day of, which is really weird when you think about it. An IPO, they're trying to build hype. They're trying to build demand. They're trying to bring a company to market and sell a bunch of shares. But with these, like we saw with UTME and we saw with WW, there was almost no hype. They didn't even show up on the NASDAQ calendar. It's almost like they intentionally snuck this into the market so that they could manipulate the price and who is they? Well that I'm not entirely sure about. I've gone and asked some friends who are a little bit more technically savvy on how markets work. And one of them said, Oh, this is clear, clearly uh, money laundering. They are moving money from one account to another by laddering trades, putting in specific trade values, like share values and saying, you know, fill all or none and they're transferring value from one account to another through this manipulated price. And when you go back and you look at and I was watching this one live um but had not played it because I was just like, "Oh, it's a laundry company." I mean, they do that's a housekeeping and appliance maintenance company in China with offices in the Cayman Islands. Now, in retrospect, that is the signal to play this. This is like not a real company in terms of it's not worth the 1.8 billion dollar valuation. It closed the, you know, closed the day with It's a relatively small company that does a very boring service, you know, for which there are, you know, I lived in China for 10 years. It's not hard to find a maid. You don't need an app for this. Uh, But this opened at 1660 and on very few trades, a very low volume of trading, it jumped up into three consecutive halts. Now that can be done fairly easily if there's only a small number of traders trading back and forth, setting high limit orders and meeting those limit orders. You could theoretically trade a stock up into a halt you know, with one share, selling at over 10% of the open market value, then 10% higher is going to trigger that halt. So with very few trades and very few shares moving because nobody was aware of this, I mean, this priced at $5.50 and debuted at $16.60 which is not, you know, you, you see that with companies like uh, Snowflake, not with companies like e-home uh, household services. It, there's, there's clearly something funky going on here, but it does look so much like what happened on days two and three of W&W, what happened with UTME, what happened to FITX, and all of these were unpromoted until the day of the IPO, which is why I'm calling these the stealth IPOs. And now that I know this, now that I recognize this, I am going to be sending out newsletter alerts on the mornings when I see these, because WNW, I totally missed. It wasn't until three days afterwards when I'd seen all the trade halts. So I was like, wait, this was an IPO. How did I miss this? TIRX actually did play it just because someone was like, hey, Matt, how come you didn't tell us about TIRX? I was like, oh, it's today. Okay. Well, this is a huge uh, indication price. I'll play it anyway. I put a thousand I bought a thousand shares, it debuted at like 16 and spiked into a halt, opened up at 49.99. You know, I made33,000 dollars on one trade like that, and then I totally missed EJH for the same reason and didn't put two and two together. but now that I see it, the fact that they are doing it in a way that's not very publicized, that's not getting on my radar, and now that I know how to see these. I'm gonna play every one. It's at least worth a spec play. UTME, I got, I was in on it. I played it a little but I didn't see how it was gonna. It went into nine consecutive halts, and now that we've seen this a few times, it's starting. To, the trend is starting to appear. So when we see a, especially a Chinese IPO with a low float that shows up out of the blue, I think it's worth taking a taking a play on it. Anyway. As I said, stealth IPOs are not listed on the IPO calendars. They're not covered in any financial media. They're typically low float, and the prices appear to be manipulated by low volume and very high ask prices to get immediately uh, filled. Uh, One of the companies boasted securities has had a couple of these IPOs that have had pretty insane price runs. They did WNW, they did UTME, they also did eBet. eBet was a little bit of a... Maybe didn't fit this profile. Are all are all three of these are all three of these Chinese companies? Ebet is not, but all three of these other ones have been. But that doesn't mean every Chinese company has done this. We saw OG Onion Group completely, you know, and it sort of looked like it, except that it had been, it was on the Nasdaq calendar, it was Uh promoted. Um, That one OG was that social media e-commerce platform. Whereas these not eBet was not eBet was just a boasted securities. I wouldn't call it a stealth IPO, although it did offer a huge yeah. run up. The market is still, you know, and I'm I'm talking with other people who specialize in IPO trading. I have my group where we discuss these things, and you know, I follow the Twitter feeds, and people are confusing low float and Chinese with this sort of like subset of those, which are the stealth IPOs. And so people get focused on the ones that are publicized and they start talking about it a few days earlier. And we've seen some of these have, you know, that have a float of say 3 million shares. The volume will be something like 6 million shares traded by the end of the day. And you'd think, oh, these ones that are super hyped and have more attention, these are the ones that are really going to fly. But that hasn't necessarily been the case, probably because day traders jump into it and they start selling it at their targets and that pushes it down. Whereas these stealth IPOs, we see volumes like on a 5 million share float, like only one million shares uh, trading in that day, which is you know instead of double the number of shares that exist trading, twenty uh, percent of the shares, which is almost normal for an IPO day. And on those, we've seen you know the it's almost like the price laddering is that much more effective, and they're able to drive these prices into you know really ridiculous. I um, mean, you think about it: who's going to buy? Uh, who's going to buy a house cleaning service IPO? that's priced at $5 and is date showing an indication price at $16. Nobody, except somebody who's like, no, I'm going to control all the shares and then I'm going to very slowly ladder this price up. So I'm going to be aware of any of these uh, IPOs that get announced on the day of, especially if they're Chinese. doesn't matter if it's insurance, house cleaning, cell phones, traditional Chinese medicine. I mean, the fact that it was... Uh, House cleaning and home services and appliances, you know, should have been like hammer on the head. Hey, laundering, maybe. Oh, well, you know. all right. <laughs> da, dun, da. Okay. Damn. So just look at, and just for reference Wunan Technologies. Yeah, you had, to, it did do an initial uh, spike here on day one, but was pretty flat. Uh, to me, this is the one where they kind of first figured it out. And then day two, it ran up to, I think, like 70 and 80. Day three, it peaked at 160. Now it trades at seven dollars. Next one that we that we talked about earlier was uh, we were actually on the day of. I kept saying U time, U time. Look what U time's doing. Yeah, like it started at 11:40 and peaked at 107. I mean, that this was, one did
1: kind of, kind
3: of rally again. It, 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 this is this makes no sense though. It makes no sense unless you don't see it as a stock trade. It's there's something funky going on. I've heard uh, or one of the ideas we were discussing in my group was maybe Chinese are figuring out how to move their money out of China because it's very difficult and expensive to move money out of China. But, you know, if you set if you get an account in America, an account in China trading accounts and you're the only ones trading, you know, you can be the one selling from China. You can be the same person buying in America, or sorry, the other way around, and, you know, you could move money, transfer money out. And if no one else is trading on that stock and you're kind of accounting for the majority of the volume, you can assume or expect to have a result that is uh, the transfer of funds from, you know, your one account to another account. And there is something fishy going on here. I think we can all agree that um, figuring out what it is, is interesting. Uh, but less less interesting than figuring out how to identify these so that we can profit on them. All right, here we anyway, go. I, I will keep you guys updated. I sent out newsletters about it. It's in the discussion space. Come over to ipowarriors.com, sign up for the newsletter, join us in the Reddit group. Um, it's that one in the middle, our IPO warriors. And if you're interested in learning more about this or contributing to that discussion. Okay, we have a smaller IPO calendar this week. Uh, But that doesn't mean they're not interesting. We do have Squarespace, which is a direct listing. I think a lot of you know what Squarespace is. It's kind of like a Wix uh, style hosted website builder. We've got Procore Technologies, which is one of the largest construction management uh, software platforms. It's a cloud-based software as a service that provides solutions to the construction industry. And then we have Oatly, which is interesting. It's a um, oat-based milk formula which I have not tried, but reading uh, the reviews, and it's definitely getting a lot of attention and people seem to like this product. So let's jump right in uh, to Squarespace. Squarespace is a direct listing. If you are familiar with Wix or you do anything on the internet and you watch YouTube videos, you have probably seen a lot of Wix and Squarespace ads, uh, if not actually having used these to build websites. Uh, Some people is trying to make a comparison to Shopify but I think that's kind of a stretch, even yeah. though you can build, you have something to add there? That, that's a stretch, the Shopify thing. Right. So um, I, I, it really is more like Wix, although it does offer uh, e comp you can build like a web store uh, with subscriptions, bookings, that kind of thing. Uh, the thing that kind of turns me off a little bit from this is that it's a direct listing and that direct listings really need to have a lot of Public interest for them to do well. At least that's what I've seen. Uh, it has 20 consecutive quarters of subscriber growth. Okay, that's solid. 3.6 million subscribers. It's been profitable since 2016. It's also pretty solid. Uh, they are coming to the market with 40.4 million shares and kind of have to see where it prices to be interested in this. Wix, which has kind of a similar has 55 million shares and a market cap of 12.5 billion, is priced at $222. But it came down something like 30% in the last two or three days. So Wix is kind of crashing at the moment. Um, when I look back at the most recent direct listings, I see kind of Palantir went from 10 to 11 on the in the initial few minutes, tailed off back towards 10 and then spent a month down under nine before it kind of caught a, you know, a headwind as a Reddit meme stock for a while there. Uh, I don't see Wix or I don't see Squarespace getting that kind of um, boost at any point Uh, we see Roblox did actually perform pretty well off of its direct listing, but it's a, you know, that was already a meme stock before it went live and it has incredibly strong growth. It has a lot of catalysts. Um, And then we just saw Coinbase, which seemed to have everything a stock would need to fly off the debut rallied for about 10 minutes. And since then it's just been a you know complete dumpster fire for anybody who held it, including part of my trade is still <laughs> deeply underwater on that one. So I'm probably just going to sit back and watch this one. I can't see a very compelling reason to buy in, especially if they price it at 60 or 70 or $80. It's just too much room for it to fall down. And I you know, don't have a ton of uh, I, I personally don't. I, I am a website designer and developer. I don't love Wix or Squarespace. I like Shopify um, not talking about it as a stock, just as a platform for building with. And um, kind of interesting, but not super compelling to me. OK, Procore, this one is interesting to me, and I will probably be playing this one. It's a cloud based construction management SaaS. They handle everything from. Uh, planning, uh, employment, procurement, managing the actual platform, handling payments, ongoing. They're really end to end and they've come in and pretty much dominated this space. They have 1.5 million users in 125 countries. They have $113 million in Q1 revenue this year, which is up 23% over you know the revenue in 2020. And that's, you know, that's while going through a pandemic. They had actually planned an IPO in February last year and decided to postpone it due to the pandemic. And it's a pretty small float. I mean, it's not microscopic or tiny, but 9.5 million shares essentially is relatively small for a mainstream IPO. I think this will have a lot of institutional interest. And I've been aware of this company for several years, and I, I feel like it's pretty strong. Uh, strong play. If the market's super cold, the IPOs haven't been as strong, but they've still offered wins. If the market's hot, I like this even more. But this is one that I would say, yeah, play this, take that first spike out, at least for some profit. This could even be a day two runner. I think it's a pretty, you know, pretty high conviction play in my book. And the last one on the calendar for this week, at least the calendar right now, we have to watch out for those stealth IPOs, uh, is Oatly. And Oatly is a oat milk, um, which there are many if you go into, I'm not in the States, but I know that people are talking about this one a lot on Reddit, on Twitter, and saying, oh, there's a lot of oat oat milks on the shelves. But people say, well, Oatly is not just on the shelves. It's being in Starbucks. It's the one that's always sold out. Uh, It's a highly popular, it's kind of the best of breed leading oat milk. Uh, 7,500 retailers, 10,000 coffee shops, just in the USA alone. It is coming to market with a pretty high valuation, 10 billion dollars for a you know alternate, you know alternate food. But when you look at what BYND did, it kind of got this, which also is way overvalued. But it's got this sort of like hype hysteria. Hey, the future is not milk. Cows, you know, are mishandled and mistreated animal rights, uh, good for the environment. All these things contribute to Oatly having you know, a pretty solid promotion vehicle behind it. The float is pretty big, 84 million shares. That is going to need quite a bit of retail demand to drive the price up from there. But I still think it's worth at least a partial play. I might not go full weight behind this, but when you look at what BYND did off of its IPO, and the valuation that it's been able to maintain even with the recent pullbacks only kind of fits that bill of what's trendy right now. And that's, so, that's yeah. it for the week, right? Yeah. It's a pretty small calendar, uh, pretty short calendar. Again, keep an eye out for anything that shows up unexpectedly, especially if it's a low float Chinese, Chinese company, I'll be sending out alerts through the newsletter at IPO So sign up if you want to get, um, if you want to get an alert for that, but those th- that's really where my focus will be is always on the high conviction plays. And now I'm really going to be paying attention to these stealth IPOs because I don't, you know, I don't want to miss out on the next, I've, I've been lucky to stumble into a couple of them. I've, you know, short, short armed or completely missed a couple. And now those are, you know, checking every day, got my signals, got my other channels set up to, to get alerted of those, but yeah, short, short week. Enjoy trading, guys.
2: Matt Hammond runs IPOWarriors.com, joins us every Monday to give us a rundown of the week. Matt, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again next week. Watch out for those stealth IPOs. The link is up on the screen right there. All right, that's where I wrap it up for me this morning. David Green is up next. He'll be live trading through the open until about 10, 30, or 11, give or take. Guys, if you haven't already, give us a like. Hit that like button on YouTube. Thank you very much. Let's get to... 500 likes today if we can. We got David Green. We got Spax attack. We got the power hour. Get technical. Our new moon or bus show at 2 o'clock, which is a crypto show, except they don't talk about Bitcoin or Ethereum. They talk about the other 98% of the crypto market, the altcoin market. That's at 2 o'clock Eastern time today. We got the At The Close show. Uh, Money Mitch later today making bread with Shed. For our report, so a full slate. You can find the, full, the uh, full calendar on our Twitter feed. Thanks again to our guests, Matt and Tim. Today's show was sponsored by Market Structure Edge. Try the new way to trade for free, marketstructureedge.com. Last thing, please remember all the information from our show was meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Oh man, we're about to open, which means it's my time to go. Everyone, good luck at the Open. I'll see you later
1: Sign up and download Grammarly for free at grammarly.com slash podcast. That's grammarl slash podcast. Easier said, done.